0: Welcome to the Safe Word Podcast. My name is Dirk Cooper and I'm joined by the Glow Trotting, Mistress Eva. How are you doing, Eva? I'm
1: doing really good. It's lovely to connect together.
0: It sure is. It's been a little while. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what you've been up to <laughs> for a while? We've got some announcements to make and a little catching up.
1: Yeah, Safe Word Podcast is a wonderful thing, but it definitely <laughs> had to have a little bit of a pause. It's been a mad year for everybody. It is. Yeah, for me personally, I had the breakdown of a relationship. I moved away from Bali. I've been trying to get back to my family in Australia, which has been impossible for two years. And I've been based out of London as a result. And yeah, it's it's been a lot of things. My payment provider for my youwillpleaseme.com site, Went bankrupt and they took all of my money. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, and I had to share a lot of offline stuff. It was just, yeah, it's been, it's been mad, but it's good to, I think I feel more stabilized now and hence reaching out to get this going again, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same place. Let me, let me make a comment on a couple of things you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're fortunate that, that you're in a, a profession and in a position where you could uh, do a little traveling and get away and um, yeah. still be able to support yourself and, you know, carry on with your life. Uh, Trying to in, make it work. Yeah. In London, for example, I, I mm-hmm. have a, a, a client or two in Australia, and I know that they, that the lockdown there is for real. I mean, they are not playing around in Australia. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously, uh, it's it's been difficult for anyone to get into Australia, and Mm -hmm. even if you do, you have to go through a a two week.
1: Well, that's uh, all dropped now, but very recently, right? Which is why I managed to get back, which is where I am right now. Yeah, that's
0: cool. (laughs) But you you are going back on the road, aren't you?
1: I leave tomorrow (laughs) for London and then Morocco.
0: Wow, Morocco! (laughs) This is a little holiday
1: yeah yeah it should be fun i've never been uh
0: uh, i've always wanted to go to morocco you'll have to tell me about that that is very cool i'm
1: a bit tired so i can't express my excitement but i am excited (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) are you the
0: type of person that takes a lot of pictures on that sort of thing and Um, goes to i'm
1: terrible no i only (laughs) do it for my social media (laughs) right you know, it's a very particular thing. It's not, yeah, it's c- quite curated in a way. So, no, but I'll make an effort to send you something.
0: <laughs> I want to see what it looks like in Morocco. That's so awesome. It's so awesome.
1: Dusty and colorful.
0: Yes, that'll be awesome. Uh, also, the, with a payment processor thing, I, I again, uh, I talked with a client recently, and we talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, mm-hmm. People in the industry, in our industry, are having all kinds of problems with payment processors. And I think that people who are not in the industry need to know that people who are in the adult entertainment industry, or BDSM, or anything, sex workers, uh, are under attack financially, directly, by particularly Visa and MasterCard, but they're they're not alone. But Mm -hmm. since they have their fingers in everything, Just Visa and MasterCard attacking the industry is a huge uh, attack.
1: Yeah, it removes a lot of access to being able to support oneself for a lot of people who have been able to have independent businesses. And, you know, I had to move offline quite a bit as a result, and a lot of other people have had to as well with less safe systems set up around them so you know you lose a lot of the the benefit of having that online medium to keep you in a in a position that you've been able to create in terms of safety in terms of money and so it's it's been difficult for everybody for sure. I
0: don't I have yet to heard any hear anyone who actually supports what the Credit card companies and others are doing in this space. Um, I know that there are probably people who do, but I think that the the excuses that they're giving for why they're doing this and the actual result of what they're doing are two very different things. They're, for yeah. example, they're saying that this is for this is to protect children and all kinds of stuff, and what mm-hmm. it's really about is removing your option to see adult content that's what it is about
1: yeah i feel like this this has come up for us a couple of times already i guess it's just an unfortunate ongoing thing too much in the short term but yeah if you wanted to think about protecting children i think the majority of things that happen happen through facebook at the moment when it comes to exploitation of children
0: absolutely
1: they're not getting shut down TikTok,
0: so, Twitter, look, yeah. kid. I mean, uh, here's here's my hot take on that. Kids mm-hmm. shouldn't be on social media. <laughs> kids should be on social yeah. media when they're 18 years old. <laughs>
1: That'll be an interesting day if that if that comes to that.
0: Well, it's moving in the opposite yeah. direction. Facebook wants to make Facebook for kids. They they want to make something for even younger uh, yeah. uh, people
1: curious to see what that looks like i mean i didn't grow up i was already an adult when all of these things came me too to be
0: yeah it's i survived without social it, media
1: yeah i'm just wondering what it's like <laughs> how it like forms these young minds to have all of this comparative effect all of this time and all of these fillers, and all of this non or hyper reality must be even more distorted way of growing up
0: but it's addictive yeah. enough as mm-hmm. an adult but as a kid you know yeah. you should be studying and you should be outside <laughs> playing you know so, with your fr- you know i'm I'm just yeah. saying that there's other things that you should be doing than being on social media anyway yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway that's all yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get to let's get to uh, our episode.
0: Oh, let me let me say a few things about oh. about what I've been doing. Oh, yes. Uh, I had I had some uh, you know, issues all related to COVID. I mm. I got COVID a couple of times. Mm. Um and have had to deal financially with, mm. you know, m- most of my clients are people who are were affected directly by COVID. They didn't have discretionary income, so they weren't interested in okay. getting, you know, artwork because, you know, yeah. the first thing you need is food and shelter. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when times are tough, you don't need a piece of artwork, and you know, you're probably not concerned about needing help with social media or manage, you know, uh, branding and marketing and stuff. So, uh, financially, it's been tough over the last year, although it it mm-hmm. seems to have recovered a little bit at the beginning of this year. People started kind of coming out of their, their shells a little bit, mm. um, which is probably, uh, you know, globally, uh, you know, what's been happening. I think that globally the financial situation has improved. Um, besides that, I I launched a Patreon account mm. for my uh, erotic art and writing. It's I you can go to Patreon and type mm-hmm. in uh, slash Dirk Hooper. Mm-hmm. if you want to see it. But I created a a, a link to it, and mm-hmm. that's kinkink.art. So it's a r t. Okay, kinkink.art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, also I'm celebrating over 20 years on my website. It, it was literally okay. 20 years ago that I launched my site, and uh which was it started as an html site yeah that i did on dreamweaver you know oh, with all the flashy silly graphics and stuff 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> if you were around in you know 2001 you probably knew uh you Let's know, follow the cursor yeah exactly That was my science. <laughs> <laughs> you know it was a different time yeah, uh was it, it was <laughs> i learned you know i learned a lot about you know, creating websites and about, uh, you know, promoting stuff through that. And, mm-hmm. uh, in 2012, I went to WordPress and you can mm-hmm. see my, you can see my posts from 2012 still, because it's still a WordPress site. Uh, mm-hmm. so you can see 10 years ago, uh, championing kink Yeah. for
1: 20 over years online. Yeah. Yeah. There you That's go.
0: Big. Nice. So, Thank so, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Totally. My pleasure. Uh, all right. Well, so the, the next oh. thing that we need to get to is this is a big announcement. Oh. Uh, we won an award.
1: Yes. I didn't even realize. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so many things have been
0: happening. So much has been going on and, you know, we've been out of touch and stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. Eva just found out herself that mm-hmm. we won the ASN Lifestyle Magazine Award for Best Lifestyle Podcast.
1: Congratulations Safe Word Podcast. There you
0: go. How about
1: that? Having myself on my back.
0: And you know, <laughs> here's what I love about this more than anything. Yeah. This was not decided on by a council of pointy heads that mm-hmm. like a cabal that got together and yeah. decided that we should win the award. This was voted on by the public. Yeah. And so the public liked what we were doing enough that they no, took okay. time out of their day to vote for us. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thanks to everyone who voted for us or everyone who shared. I mean, I shared a lot of tweets on this subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank <laughs> anyone who supported us through the shares or through yeah. the love. And, you know, we hear, look, we heard from a lot of people when we were campaigning for this thing about how much they appreciate what we're doing here. Yes. And um, that means a lot to us. And that I a mean, lot it that's, makes that's it the reason like, why we do it
1: keep going yeah yeah for sure there's been many times for my q and a's where i've decided that i just we're just gonna stop i mean i've done so many of them now and then you have your feedback about how useful it is and okay keep doing
0: this <laughs> people I mean I don't know about you but people have been hounding me and I love the hounding don't don't get me wrong I take it in a very positive way but they're like when when is the next episode of safety yeah. podcast <laughs> <Oops>. you know
1: <laughs> now. and it's like it's coming it's
0: coming it's coming I promise you we have not we've not hung it up it's just you know look the last year has been crazy yeah, yeah. for both of us for 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 different reasons, but mm-hmm. also kind of connected in some ways. It's yeah. COVID, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID affects mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. but has yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let's uh, l- let's talk about our subject today.
1: Okay. So the tweet for today is actually from quite a while ago, but I felt like it was a good way to kick us off again to get kind of to the insights of why I love what we do and what we're involved in. And the tweet or the question was, have you ever cried during a BDS What made you cry? The pain, the release, tears of happiness? Please tell us your experience and explain it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, great subject. Um, And the sort of thing, you know the sort of thing that i think that most people outside of the bdsm community mm-hmm. or people who are not deeply into it will mm-hmm. assume that sh- of course there's crying because there is mm-hmm. impact play involved there's whipping there's spanking mm-hmm. there's humiliation mm-hmm. so they assume that yeah there's crying but it's directly related to that and i think you're going to find from the responses that we got that there's a lot more to it than that Mm.
1: yeah and that actually from my personal experience a lot of the times the people don't want to (laughs) cry when they're at the edge of that pain they kind of want to like try to make it through but it's after when when they've processed all of this emotion that that the tears start to come So, but we'll see through the tweets.
0: Absolutely. Well, backing up what, you know, the the thing that I think that most people would associate crying with BDSM, um, Isabel Labelle Mm -hmm. said, I once cried while getting caned. The pain was just too much. But Mm. strange thing is, it was the best BDSM scene I've ever (laughs) had in my life.
1: <laughs> oh, I wish she elaborated more on that, but mm-hmm. I'm very happy for Isabel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: lovely. It's strange how how those two things are tied together. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, uh, I- Isabel cried because of the pain. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you do, mm-hmm. but also said that that. The intensity of that scene hmm. was so so much that it was also mm-hmm. uh, her favorite scene.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. I like it, Isabel. <laughs> 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 the edges of oneself. That's impressive. Always.
0: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All yeah. right. I'll I'll turn it over to you. Uh, what what <laughs> my uh, favorite. Yeah. What are what are your favorites?
1: Quite a few. Uh, I want to start with something by Tia Dynasty, who is at Domino Dynasty on Twitter. And she says, I love that you're inquiring about crying. Many go through life seldom or never. It can be a life changing catharsis for a sub to feel safe enough to cry. Releasing pent up energy through tears and vibrations experiencing vulnerability and feeling broken. And I also loved that uh, somebody who sessioned with her kind of replied to that. And yes. they said, this is closet underscore sub, said, the first time I saw a Dom was on holiday in New York seeing Dom a dynasty. I mm-hmm. cried on the flight on the way back from relief at having been able to express that side of myself and have it accepted without interpretation or judgment. And... Now, that's the end of that tweet. But for me, that has been the overwhelming expression of crying that I have come into contact with. That My very first time that I somebody cried at my feet as the session ended was from that relief and that release as opposed to any pain. There was actually no pain in that first session. And even for me, when I have cried at the top, it's it's from that devotion and my release into that my own vulnerability of that need for it also that i've kind of cried from things as well so it's just a very emotionally charged release i think for so many of us
0: yeah um you just probably broke the internet there by saying that dominants cry and they cry because of release (laughs) Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that that's I think that that's yeah. really maybe what we need to underscore here.
1: So I I saw a tweet that actually said something to do with this. Uh, so Victoria Venomous, who is Miss Underscore Rodent, great name, said <laughs> yes. Typically during emotionally intensive scenes or during aftercare for those scenes, usually it's during certain sorts of Invested in the role as a sub for the scene. I've also happy cried during aftercare from both the dom and sub role, usually. Due to my partners for the scene being unbearably sweet, cute, etc. <laughs> so there is definitely this. Um, for me, it's a two-layered thing. It is from for the, the sub releasing into that space. Uh, they don't need to have cried. They just need to have submitted, I think. And for me to see the genuine expression of that and to see them do that, it brings. it's like such an honor for mm. me. Mm. And I just feel like so humbled by what they've brought to the table, you know, and what they've given to me. And that can make me cry. And then also the fact that I have acknowledged that for myself, you know, and that, that also, <laughs> like, I started doubling back, but that also makes me cry. <laughs> right. Right, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So it's, it's an exchange of love and care. And uh, if you appreciate that they can touch you, I think it's, it's quite simple. Yeah.
0: I think that that release thing, which can be brought about through pain, mm-hmm. but that, that feeling of release is definitely the thing that I've seen the most in BDSM. And it, it, like I said, it can be related directly to pain, like holding that back and holding it back. Like you don't cry during the scene, but like after the scene, like during Mm -hmm. the, the aftercare or whatever, Mm -hmm. you see submissives just release all of that. And, uh, you know, Kind of come down from the the emotion and everything that's happening. I see crying a lot mm-hmm. in, um, you know, in aftercare for uh-huh. certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have seen other submissives who are in it, like if, if you're at a BDSM uh, party or a, a event or something, who are near to where the submissive who's crying they -hmm. will also cry kind of in solidarity because they they understand what that submissive is going through and it brings Mm -hmm. that out in them as well like it's like it's it's like chain crying yeah because they understand the the level of release and it takes them back to a time when when they were were um you know in that space they were in that space they they Mm -hmm. get it And they get what that that person, you know, is going through. There's sympathy, empathy for for what's going on. Good Um, old kink parties. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I I think that, you know, I've cried with a submissive, um, you know, during aftercare because they're crying. You know, it definitely as a top as a dominant that's Mm -hmm. definitely brought that out of me Mm -hmm. and kind of not completely unrelated to to what we're talking about now as a submissive i've also cried and in the strangest circumstance so i was serving a dominant 24 7 and she was a professional dominatrix and we were we were at a, a a public dungeon, and she had she had rented the place for the day to see clients, and she had tasked me with kind of cleaning up around there, and for some reason, and a, what people need to understand is sometimes you do things in BDSM and you don't know why. <laughs> yeah. While I was sweeping the floor. Mm -hmm. I became like engulfed in emotion Mm -hmm. and I was crying while I was sweeping, not because (laughs) I was sweeping. It had nothing to do with that. It was, and it wasn't sadness either. Mm -hmm. It was an emotional response to feeling in that moment, truly devoted to that person and loving her Mm -hmm and feeling my role within that relationship fully, it just kind of all hit me at one time, just by doing this simple act of sweeping, I'm sweeping a room and I'm sitting there and crying. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not like crazy crying, but it's, you know, the emotion of what I was doing and who I was doing it for really caught me emotionally. And that made me cry.
1: Did you cry much before you started playing in kink?
0: No, you know, uh, occasionally a movie will make me misty or whatever. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, family or relationship stuff, uh, you know, I'm not like, I'm not a stoic dude, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not the type that, you know, holds my emotions in and stuff, but Mm. I'm also generally very happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing person and Mm -hmm. I don't cry a lot. Mm -hmm. I would say that BDSM in general made me, it amplified my emotions, particularly when I was submissive. i take that back. I, I think that it, it affects me when I'm dominant too, just in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, but BDSM unquestionably brings out emotions in me at a heightened state yeah. From, both, from both directions, both submissive and dominant.
1: I mean, I know why it does that for me. Why do you think it does that for you?
0: I th- I think it's the connection and trust okay. that I feel mm. for my partner, mm. which both allows me to express that and mm. brings that out of me. Like, oh, I'm really into this person and I really trust them and I really mm. love them. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that opens up the floodgates for me. You yeah, know, not just crying person, though, think. but also yeah. just you know the the connection, the love. Mm. Um, and you know I've never been happier than when I've been in a BDSM relationship. Mm-hmm. I've never been more uh, focused mm-hmm. <laughs> than when I'm yeah. in a BDSM relationship.
1: I think there's something about uh, the BDSM culture that's promoted within the culture that uh, lays the groundwork for stepping into communication and seeking uh, compatibility and communicating that compatibility that can really help us access those emotions and those vulnerable states, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So...
0: You know, I, I said that I stopped doing vanilla dating about mm-hmm. a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm just not good at it <laughs> mm-hmm. or it just wasn't fulfilling for me. But yeah. something about the dynamic allows me to get into that state where I just wasn't, mm-hmm. I just couldn't find my way to it, uh, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> uh, but BDSM, the, the the dynamic there and the the rules and the connection allows yeah. me to find those places where yeah. in vanilla relationships i just didn't and couldn't
1: it's harder i think it's possible i date uh, vanilla people but there's a huge process of teaching them how to communicate yes right <laughs> you're so right. what you want what you need, this is what I need. They're like, what, why are you telling me this? So, so black, like straightforwardly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like, because I will not get it if I do right. not say it.
0: <laughs> and it's not just sexual stuff, although that's no. very much part of it, it's but it's also, you know, here's what yeah. I need from you. Mm. Yeah. And you need to tell me what you need from me so that we can do that for each other.
1: Mm. People are hiding from themselves a, a lot. For sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And in in the, because of the dinette, I mean, I've talked about this many times before you get into a BDSM relationship, you go through that list of things. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've done. Here's what I haven't done. This is what I'm into. This is what we will never do. I don't ever want to do this. Mm -hmm. Here's what I need out of it. And you have that discussion. If, if in vanilla relationships in those first few dates that you're going on and you're talking about movies and horseshit, (laughs) <laughs> which can be fun, <laughs> which is also. Fun, but <laughs> if you're not talking about that bigger stuff of you know, what, it can be hard. Yeah, it, you may never get around to that conversation, mm. and you know maybe that's maybe that's it. And and what you just said there is exactly the reaction that you get. Mm in a vanilla relationship Shock. when you start bringing these things up they're like what why are we talking about what the, yeah. you know it's all confusing. of this is presumptuous and it's mm. uh you know it's it's too early for this but some people are married for 20 years and they never yeah. get to it mm-hmm. you know yeah. you got to put it out there yeah. So maybe yeah. that's the reason why I'm so broken in vanilla relationships <laughs> is that we never get to that.
1: Maybe you can try, but understand that you ne- you'll need to uh, <sighs> do a lot of talking. <laughs> I just
0: I just want the I just want the kinky relationship. That's all yeah. I want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it can be much more playful, fairly immediately, and it's hard to backtrack from that once you've experienced it.
0: That's it. Yeah. I'm, I, I've uh, yeah. I've experienced the other side, and I don't want to go back.
1: (laughs) Since the HTML days. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I read a few more tweets? Please, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Okay. Hmm. I think uh, I had a nice little collection of the general tone of a lot of the responses, so I'll read a bunch of those. From the underscore sub underscore mission, I have cried from emotional race doing, really things entirely unrelated to pain. I've cried from pain too. Tears are healing. I am more likely to cry during a scene than any other time. Something from Nui underscore 77. Yes, I think it was purely being 100% in the moment, the buildup of all the feelings to get to this point trusting someone so much and allowing take on the journey the suppressed emotions which came to the surface I am black sheep says I've cried a couple of times when I felt I've not been doing a good job in letting folk down I've done happy tears also from some people's unreal kindness <laughs> yeah so there's there's definitely a lot of um, slightly different reasons to cry but I barely saw anything that talked about the physical pain from these responses. Uh,
0: About 90% of the responses had nothing to do with physical pain at all. Or Mm. even if it was physical pain, it was after the event. Mm. It wasn't during the event. It was afterward when they were reflecting on it, which I, again, I think that goes, wait, if you're in the BDSM community, you know this. But if you're outside of the BDSM community or you're just, you know, barely in it. you may not you may not know that this is happening. Uh, some of the things that you mentioned, tears are healing. I think that when I was talking about one submissive who was not in a scene but who was crying em- empathically for someone who had just been in a scene, I think that there that healing nature of tears, of letting go, of release. I, I think that's part of the reason why people who are not even in the scene also cry because they understand that release of emotions. And I mean, I, I, bet, I bet both of those people slept great that night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and maybe with themselves in general, which is a wonderful um, ongoing theme that I know that we touch on in all of these podcasts it's an acceptance that kind of comes and to to go back to that we I'll go back to the the tweet from the sub of domino dynasty and before a sub and they were talking about crying on the way back like on the flight back Mm -hmm. and what stood out to me about that tweet was it was from relief at having been able to express that side of myself and have it accepted without interpretation or judgment. So there is a relief, but they're very specific also about the acceptance side that comes with a BDSM exchange sometimes. Which To hear also. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like um, a lot of people skipped over that side of it in the tweets, but for me personally, I think that that's definitely a lot of why I get very emotional about things about that severe acceptance <laughs> in the exchange. It so.
0: it, it's, uh, it it validates you, or it makes it makes it okay, or what what is it about that that
1: about the, the acceptance about the acceptance? Yeah that I find so touching. Yeah. Because a lot of um social interactions are about the or like a one-way kind of force mm-hmm. and about an expectation. Mm-hmm. And when a counterpart does happen and because of all the negotiation that comes to the table and sometimes just personalities click. Uh, and it does happen more often in a BDSM sense because of our culture, etc. It's like that final moment also for me of of relief at finally being able to just be... It takes a lot of energy and a lot of work to be otherwise. And everybody understands this in and out of the culture, for sure. It's, it's just nice to... Have to live in a facade you know even momentarily i think that sinking into that acceptance is very much changing and i feel like the more moments that i've had where i've been able to say exactly what i want feel exactly how i i want to feel and extract that from somebody else it's throughout my life and i accept no less <laughs> more and more as well. So it's like that acceptance in that momentary acceptance has forced me to kind of make it a part of my longer life as well and made me accept myself also. Sure. So it's yeah. It's it's a blessing,
0: definitely, for me. Certainly is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I think that the one person who said uh, that they cried because they felt like they weren't doing a good job. Mm. I think that a lot of people, or or conversely, in the same tweet, happy tears because mm-hmm. someone said they were doing a good job. I think mm. that a lot of people who are not submissive or who are who are not familiar with this stuff may not understand that if you're really into this, if you're very much into that, that, uh, submissive state of mind and you love and you're devoted to the dominant, um, what small things of, you know, you're not doing a good job or you are doing a good job can, can mean to you if you're in that state of mind. And it's the sort of thing that, I mean, I don't know how often that sort of thing happens outside of the the BDSM community, but if you're really into that moment, if you're really submissive, and you mm-hmm. have a deep connection, mm-hmm. very small things can be very big things within your own mind, in your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's, that. going back to when I was sweeping, and mm-hmm. was crying during that, that's exactly what, because I felt in that moment, that I was doing a good job, <laughs> you know yeah. that 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 was also very much part of what made me cry in that in that moment
1: mm. um, maybe I'm saying this now because I finally got to see my family again, but I feel like it's what you speak of is uh, a devotion and a desire to uh, act on that devotion. And I believe that it can happen in families also, in my opinion. Sure. And I'm learning to do as an adult who can finally take care of my family, financially everything. I'm learning that but in that learning process, I'm also seeing how much my mother has done that over the Ah. years. yeah, And how also, I think it maybe takes a slightly analytical mind and how she how little things that I do that make her understand that she's done a good job can be so rewarding to her. So I think parenthood also is probably
0: very interesting.
1: Something that could kind of speak to that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes so, that makes total sense.
1: Yeah. So not only limited. <laughs> to a DOM sub dynamic, but any anyone who experiences that level of devotion and hope for the betterment of somebody else, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure a DS dynamic can promote that. But I think it does it's not totally absent outside as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> yeah yeah shall we uh close up with a couple of a couple more sure yeah i'll read a short one and then i'll read a longer one and the short one kind of gives you an overarching uh dig at what the long one is going to bring us into so the short one is by bdsm queer and they say often as in they cry often sometimes that's the goal for a real feeling of release being beaten until I break and overflow with pain and tears, unable to hold anything in anymore. And then the long one is by Chris underscore Pan 15, who says, Usually if I cry in a scene, it's from the pain because I can't take a ton of impact. But there was one time I specifically wanted a cathartic scene to get some hard emotions out. I can't remember the time frame now, but it was back when I recently split with a mistress I was in a very serious, just TS relationship with and it ended in a really bad way. I asked another play partner of mine to do a cathartic trampling scene with me in her awesome combat boots. She has an amazing approach when trampling, so I knew I was going to get in a good scene. I remember laying on my stomach when she was digging into one of my thighs and I was yelling, cussing, and hitting the ground from the pain. Then all of a sudden, like breaking through a wall, I started crying. I finally got past the pain and started crying. It was amazing to get all those emotions out because I usually do. Yeah. Chris underscore Pan fifteen. Yeah. So, um, have you ever jumped into a scene where you thought, "I, I want to process these emotions," or "I want to cry"?
0: <laughs> I, I haven't. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I've been on the other. I've been on the other end of it. I, I have helped submissives get into that space. Um, the the last submissive that I was with um was very much into that sort of release that um that you get through you know heavy play and uh I think that that was very much part of the of the scene is getting to that point and you know I think it's I think it's important to note that, you know, we've talked about crying and, and, you know, heavy emotions and stuff. Some people have difficulty getting to that place. Mm -hmm. They can't get there, you know, watching a sad movie or, or whatever it is. You are walking with them hand in hand to get them to that point sometimes as a dominant. Knowing that they want that, knowing that they want that release, knowing that they, and you know, it's not just pain. You could get it through humiliation or, you know, through, through other things. But the the point is to heighten your experience to the point where you, you have an emotional experience that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I mean I think those are, those scenes are amazing mm-hmm. when the person when it's connected to something either either physically or emotionally that they want to work through or that they they want to address and they can't do it otherwise that's the that goes toward the you know the non clinical therapeutic mm-hmm. aspect of BDSM And one of the things that is very difficult to explain to people outside of the community that you can explore these things with people and can, you know, bring about like powerful emotional growth that wouldn't happen otherwise. I mean, people people's lives have been changed. Yeah because of one scene or a series of scenes or just being in a relationship. And, uh, you know, tears are very much a part of that.
1: Yeah. Emotion, vulnerability.
0: Mm.
1: Honesty with oneself. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a really beautiful question. And the responses were, so touching. <laughs> yeah, this is this yeah. is, I,
0: I think, is so so important. For, I mean, you don't get this. This discussion is not out there.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, people don't. People don't talk about this sort of thing. Uh, they they talk about the, you know, they talk about the physical stuff or the stuff that's yeah. in video clips or whatever but this kind of deeper connection and the emotional you know uh elements of this and things like devotion and um and love and all this sort of stuff is is very much a part of this experience and i think it's so important that people within the community get an opportunity to express that Mm -hmm. and that people outside the community Learn, Mm. you know what's really involved here, because what they see through media, you know, and through so shallow, so shallow, Mm. so shallow.
1: I don't know whether it's been a while, but I think this might be my favorite favorite episode yet. Wow, (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's been a while.
0: mistress eva you are an old softy look at you
1: (laughs) you didn't know that already
0: (laughs) no i did know that yeah Yeah. i did know that and you know you're not alone in this i talked to a lot of people who you know are who wield whips Mm. and are you know are very tough but Mm. they also believe very strongly in the, the therapeutic nature and the responsibility of being in control. Yeah. And, uh, and just
1: the desire and the love for human connection, you know. BDSM is just yet another yeah. conduit for that. And if you're drawn to it and how to create art with it and dig into it, in a deep emotional way. That's just humanity. Really.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, it's hard to follow up on that. Is there anything else that, that you want to, that you want this to is add? all.
1: <laughs> you may go now.
0: All right. We're wrapping it up. That's, uh, that's yet another award-winning episode of the Safe Word Podcast. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, I, if that's it, then I will take us home and we'll wrap this one up. Thank you. All right. If listeners would like to participate in future questions and be part of future episodes, then follow at YouWillPleaseMe on Twitter and keep an eye out for Sunday questions. And I also want to uh, to add that if you have ideas for questions, then send it to us at info at Uh, And, you know, because... You may have a great question for us that we hadn't thought about. You can also see more at our website, SafeWordPodcast.com. The SafeWord Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and almost everywhere else. If you like what you're hearing, your positive reviews on those services will help us immensely to get this out to a wider audience. More on Mistress Eva as at youwillpleaseme.com. Her Twitter address is at youwillpleaseme, and you can also see her Instagram at youwillplease underscore me. And you should check out Please Me Live that features photos, videos, and live sessions. More on Dirk is at www.dirkhooper.com. I'm uh, celebrating over 20 years with that website right now. I'm available on Twitter or Instagram at Dark Hooper, or really just about anywhere else that you can imagine. Also, you can see my new Patreon account for erotic art and writing at kinkink.art. Thanks for listening to the Safe Room podcast. For Mr. Siva, this is Dark Hooper saying, Dream Art.